0: Well, hello
1: there, and welcome once again to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, otherwise known as the CCB. And if you would like more information on the uh, work and projects of the uh, CCB, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, Migraine Awareness Month is actually in June, but my logic in presenting this interview now in July is that just because the month of June comes to an end doesn't mean that migraines stop at the end of June. So I had the opportunity to have a chat with Dr. Elizabeth LaRue, who is a neurologist and migraine specialist in the province of Quebec but she is also Chair of the Board of Migraine Canada. So I had the chance to speak with her about the ins and outs of migraines, and I'm quite sure you'll enjoy this chat as much as I did. Well, hello, Dr. LaRue, and welcome to the program. So good to have you.
0: Yes, thank you for having me.
1: Maybe we could start by uh, finding out what do you think separates a a migraine from an ordinary headache?
0: I'm glad you asked this question because it's it's obvious that for many people it's not that clear. Um, So I'll try to make that uh, clear. So migraine is a combination of a headache with other things. So it is a disease of the brain. And during a migraine attack there's, usually, there's always some degree of pain um, that can be so typically a migraine headache will be, there's, there's going to be some throbbing. it can be on one side of the head sometimes, but then there are the other symptoms. Other symptoms are hypersensitivity uh, to light, sound, smells, movement and then all the, the things related to the intestinal system, so nausea, vomiting, diarrhea sometimes. Um, and, and if you combine all of this together, and everybody has a bit of a different mix, uh, a migraine attack could mean, you know, being in the dark room, sometimes not nauseated, sometimes going up. Um, and so that makes it quite disabling If you compare it to a traditional, you know, tension headache where people have a headache. It, it's painful, but there is no other symptoms to that go with it.
1: Right. Do you have a statistic on how many Canadians might suffer from migraines? Yes. So
0: approximately worldwide, uh, this is known by the the, the World Health Organization, approximately 11% of the population lives with some degree of migraine. Mm. Now, some of these people might have only occasional attacks, so it's not necessarily the severe form, but 1% to 2% of uh, the population suffers from what we call chronic migraines. And that means having a migraine more than 15 days per month. Um, and that's the most disabling form. In Canada, we have actually research that's been done a few years ago showing that if you look at women uh, during their fertile periods, so between something like 20 and 50 years old, uh, one woman over four, so that's 25% of women reported having migraine. So that's extremely common. And in children, you can uh, there's data saying that there's 10%
1: little boys and little girls, equally, uh, that live with uh, migraine attacks. Mm Mm-hmm. I used to have a nephew that had migraines, and uh, he was quite bothered by those. Yes. And
0: sometimes these migraines for children, they go away with age, but sometimes they persist during uh,
1: adulthood. Oh, yes. I've heard of of triggers. Um, How much of that is true? And how much of that is, um, you know, just rumor and that sort of thing? Are there yeah, some rumor, foods? Rumor in-
0: has it, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so migraine has been around since a very long time. You know, we have reports of migraine in the old Greeks. Um, so there's a lot of popular culture about migraine, and, and it's true to say that some of it is, is true, and some of it might be a bit blown up, but. Um, The migraine brain is is neurologically different, right? So this brain does not work the same way as a brain without migraine. And Mm. so this brain is sensitive to triggers. That's absolutely true. Um, But those triggers vary a lot. So different people have different symptoms but also different triggers. Um, And triggers can be anything that puts a strain on the brain chemistry. So, for example, you know, anything that has to do with stress or mental effort, a physical effort or exercise, uh, hormonal levels, for example, can influence the chemistry of the brain. Different foods, dehydration uh, is a big one, skipping meals, uh, missing sleep, um, and uh, and certain foods. Uh, so there's, there's a certain drug, alcohol, cigarette smoke, pollution, weather. So there's a long list of potential triggers, and some people identify those very well. They know for them they are relevant. But for other people, I'll take myself as an example. A lot of people with migraines cannot have a drop of alcohol or a red wine. I can have all of this, no worries at all. So you know, it's not this. It's not necessarily every trigger for every person. And some people have so many migraines, so chronic migraines. So let's say you have migraine 20, 25 days per month—that's a lot. Yes. Um, then how are you supposed, you know, to to identify on those 20, 25 days what was the trigger? Or what was the combination of triggers because we know they, they combine. It's so all a burden on the brain, right? So you just pile up. Um, so sometimes at some point chasing for triggers is not helpful anymore, and we should just focus on improving the, like the migraine situation and strengthening the brain.
1: Mm-hmm. How uh, tolerant do you find employers are with employees who have 20 or 25 migraines uh, a month?
0: Are you asking about employers?
1: Yes. How tolerant are they? Uh, Do do you find that they understand and will they give their staff uh, a couple of hours to kind of uh, uh, get rid of the headache or the migraine?
0: I will say I I deal with patients when I I, treat it, like thousands and thousands of patients. I would say the majority of my patients say that employers don't understand. Uh Um, they, They don't know a lot about migraine. Um, And what they know is that migraine is a little headache that you can treat with with Advil. And it might be true for some people, but for many people with migraine, it's not. So employers don't know a lot about it. um, And therefore, a lot of my patients, sadly, uh, decide just to take it and push through and go to work. Now, when you ask about, and I talk to a lot of people about migraine that are not my patients. And then they say, oh, yeah, I know this person at my work and she's miserable. Well, I think co-workers know because they see the person trying to go through a migraine attack. Employers also don't know, but I also know that for a minority of patients, employers do know. And sometimes it's because they have migraine themselves or they know someone who does. And then they are more flexible and they will offer the employees some reasonable accommodation so the migraine does not impact work that much.
1: Well, that's good. Thank goodness there are some that understand Oh, some
0: do, some do, and I've heard some great stories. Because people with migraine, there's a big myth, right, that these people just fake this, do not work, and avoid their duties. If there's one myth that we can completely destroy, it's that one. Because I can tell you, I see patients with migraine. they are are like heroes, you know. They they push through, they live their lives, they do their studies, they do their work. They want to work, they want to go out, they want to take care of their families. And this is just,
1: like, stuck in them in their truck. So I think we can definitely destroy that mess today. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. And do you suggest when someone has a migraine that it's a good idea to take some time, if they can, and uh, go to a, a dark room and kind of uh, allow the, the migraine to pass? Or do you think that they should uh, push through?
0: Uh, that's a good question. So in the good old days, right, before we had medications, effective medications, mm-hmm. the universal treatment for a migraine attack is is rest, a dark room, and sometimes a cold cloth. Or, you know, in Quebec, like our grandmas used like a sliced cold potatoes. That <laughs> yes. Um, but now we have options. So. I would say Tylenol usually will not treat a a migraine. Um, It might help a little bit. Anti-inflammatories like Advil is one. Naproxen or Aleve can be effective. Aspirin is still a good one. Um, Coffee is a migraine reliever. The problem is that most of us drink coffee in such great amounts that then we have too much of it and it's not very helpful anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I tell patients, you know, if you have to go to the dark room and you're losing days, you have to try tryptans. So well, tryptans were what I call the first evolution of migraine in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And those drugs are actually fascinating. They, they come, the idea of tryptans comes from nature, from um, uh, a fungus. Um, mm-hmm. And this fungus was studied, and people realized that it acted on serotonin, which is something we have in our brain and neurotransmitter. And then they realized that maybe by acting on serotonin, we could treat migraine, and boom, the first tryptans were... Born, that was Imitrex or sumatriptan and it really changed everything for migraine because then people who had said for years, you know, migraine is in your head, you're doing this because you're unhappy with your marriage or whatever mm-hmm. else, um, they saw that, well, you we could take a pill and the migraine attack would go away. So it, it did not make that much sense anymore to say that migraine was all psychological. So triptans are really something uh, that people with migraine should try. GPs can prescribe that. Uh, you, can, uh, you can try a few and then find your, find if, if you can find some relief. And there are lots of options, so I invite people to go on our website and explore uh, our uh, .org, sorry website uh, to look for options. We have many, many options if you have disabling migraines to treat you. Terrific. And
1: are there any natural remedies that you would uh, suggest?
0: Yeah, so for, for the attack, some relief, some of my patients really like things like mint, uh, mint roller, essential oil, uh, cold, uh, hot, um, and of course trying to stay hydrated as much as possible, uh, ginger or gravel for, for nausea. So that would be for the attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for prevention, which is trying to diminish the, the attack frequency, mm-hmm. um, some supplements can be, so the first step is to do a headache diary, by the way. And you can use the Canadian Migraine Tracker, which is an app for that. And then once you have an idea of what's going on, right? Okay, I have 10 days per month of migraine, and these are maybe my triggers. Then you can stabilize your lifestyle, right? So Mm -hmm. you can just make sure this brain is in a good place, right? You hydrate, you eat okay, you have a reasonable pace, you sleep all night. Um, So that's a good first step. And then after that, if you want to try supplements, you can try magnesium, uh, vitamin B2 is, uh, is uh, with no prescription, uh, coenzyme Q10. But then I have patients, you know, who they drink, they hydrate, they meditate, they do everything, they go to acupuncture, they try the whole gamut, but they're still affected, and then they will need medication to manage their migraine.
1: Ah, okay. Well, that's great. And Now, can you give us the, uh, your website again?
0: Yes, of course. So um, for people who live with migraine or uh, any uh, other headache disorders, uh, Migraine Canada is a national association. Uh, our website is migrainecanada.org, and you can this. Uh, our website on which you will find what we call the migraine tree. And the migraine tree is just a visual to explain, you know, how to navigate through migraine treatments, causes, factors, and just basics uh, for someone who needs to... Get a bit of a primer about how to manage migraine. We have webinars on YouTube and now podcasts if you prefer audio.
1: Mm Hmm. Okay. And you were talking a few minutes ago about the headache diary. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah. The um,
0: a lot of my patients have had CT scans or MRIs, and (laughs) nothing is seen. You you know, because it's like the Wi-Fi. So. Migraine is chemical and electrical. You're not going to see it on any MRI. Um, so, but you see it on the headache diary. So the headache diary is very helpful, and uh, people are asked to do it just to report uh, attacks of different severities uh, mild, moderate, or severe. And then whatever they took for a few therapies, if it worked. Uh, for ladies, you can look at your periods, you know, if there's a, a link with that, uh, potential triggers. And that helps your doctor, you know, to say, okay, that's where you are. Let's try this prevention and see if you can get better. Because after three months, a lot of my patients come to my office and they say, I remember last week or two weeks ago, but if we want you to have strong numbers and know where we are, it's like for diabetes, you know, you would look at your blood sugars. So for migraine, you use a headache diary. It doesn't have to be complicated. And usually at some point you stop watching every trigger there is. <laughs> it's going to drive you nuts. Yes, um, and you just look at you know a little basic things. So it's the Canadian tracker will help you to do that. Uh, it has very simple systems. and then it just gives you basic, and it saves your doctor time. That's good too, because then the doctor will look at it and say, "Okay, I see the situation. I see your last three months. This is where you are. Let's try to adjust your treatment."
1: Hmm. And you said that that's a, an app that you might be able to put on your. Uh, on your phone or your your tablet or whatever? Uh, it is. So it is an app.
0: Uh, it was created by the Canadian Headache Society, so it's not a for-profit app. Um, and it was designed to be more simple than another app that's called Migrate Buddy, which is great as well, but very time-consuming. Uh-huh. So you can, you can find it on Apple Store, on Google, um, Android, and you can just put it on your phone. And we have uh, some tutorials, and we actually want to make more of these. But I encourage people, if, if you'd like to have a little look, uh, you can have a look at this and, and, and use it. Uh, it's a tool. It has to help you. You know, my patients were super stable, and, and they're like, okay, the diary maybe you don't need them uh, anymore. But still I have patients who say, you know what, I find the diary very empowering because I know what's going on. I can monitor my
1: state. Yes, and I just keep doing it, and if, if if I see things going
0: very wrong, then I can call you again, and, and I know I know where I am. So um, yeah, so that's a good that's a good tool, and uh, that's
1: a good tool we to have. Oh well, that's terrific. Um, and uh, did I hear you earlier say that stress, especially particularly stressful moments, can bring on uh, migraine? Uh, I'll, I'll just um, tell you why I'm I'm asking. Um, when I lost my mother and when I lost my first guide dog, I got a headache like a real pounding headache. And the second time, it was with nausea and, and vomiting. Would that be considered a, a migraine? Uh, so, so that's
0: a good question. So first. To have a diagnosis of migraine, no. you need to have at least five episodes and okay. so why is that? It's because we don't want any new headache to be diagnosed as migraine. Because a new headache that you never had before could be a bunch of other things. Okay. So it could be dangerous things, it could be tumors, it could be stroke, it could be a lot of stuff. So to have migraine, you need to have recurrent headaches, this being said. You know, if you have, let's say, three episodes, and they look alike, uh, and then you're okay in between, it might be, you know, migraines, uh, nevertheless. Regarding stress, uh, and don't forget also, people with migraine are absolutely allowed to have other causes of headaches. (laughs) So if if you live with migraine, and you have a headache that you never had before, and you say, that's not a migraine for me, that's really different, you can uh, seek medical care. Uh, because you, you can have any other thing, you know, over the course of your life. Yes. So now the stress. The stress, I, I can tell you, I didn't know this when I was training, and even as a young neurologist. Um, stress is a strange word. Um, I would say that there's a lot of things in, that go on in our brain that we put under the word stress. Mm-hmm. So it can be anxiety, which is you know, trying to like worry about things that are not happening. Yeah. Um, it can be emotions. So, you know, going through a very challenging time, losing a close one, having a sick relative. So that's more like emotional things. That things are actually happening. Um, and there's also what I call the mental load. So mental load is, it, it doesn't mean that you're excessively worried or that you're going under terrible emotional pressure. But you're, you know, managing your life with maybe children or maybe a job and you sleep five hours per night and you try to make it all fit. And I'll, I'll say that a lot of women these days, you know, um, have to deal with very, very busy schedules. I'm not saying men are not doing their load, but by statistics they're not doing the same chores at home than women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so women often find that their, their schedules are extremely busy. And that's more a matter of mental load than anxiety, per se. So, and all of this can be managed, you know, with uh, uh, different things, coaching, pacing, uh, relaxation, uh, trying to insert exercise, um, and just saying no, you know, prioritizing. Yeah. So depending on what the issue is that is pressuring the brain, Uh, we can act on it. You know, if there's grief, we can get some support for the grief. If it's anxiety, we can treat anxiety. If it's insomnia, we manage insomnia. So stress means a bunch of things, but if you break them down, usually we can address uh, with specific interventions and then the life will get better.
1: Okay, that's great. Well, that uh, cleared up uh, a point for me. so I, I hope it did for everybody else, too. I want to thank you so much for being with us. And um, I know that uh, Migraine Awareness Month was June, but migraines don't um, um, just appear in June. So any time is a good time to talk about it, and I do appreciate your being with us. Well, I thank you, and you're absolutely right. Migraine is is there every month of the year? So <laughs> it's worth talking about, and I, I hope that the, some of these the comments will maybe help someone to find relief. Definitely they will. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm wondering if the CNIB Lake Joe Center, which is located in the Muskokas, has hammocks as well so that people with migraines who want to be outside, can relax and commune with nature all at the same time. That's probably not a very good segue, but what I am trying to tell you is that our next guest is Sherry Helsdingen, who is the Manager of Community Engagement for CNIB Lake Joe, and she and I had a very extensive chat in which she told us all about the past, present, and future of the Lake Joe Center as we approach the camp's 60th anniversary. Well, hi, Sherry, and welcome to the program. Thank you so much for
0: having me. It's uh, pleasure to join you today.
1: So a lot of people talk about, you know, when they go up Highway 16, 169, I think it is, people say, oh, yes, I've seen the CNIB camp from the the highway. But, of course, they don't know a lot about the the history and the activities and that sort of uh, thing. So I was wondering if you could begin by filling us in on uh, when uh, the, uh, the camp, well, it's your 60th anniversary, so we can get a fair idea when the camp first opened and uh, a little bit of history and a little bit of uh, a description of some of the activities that you usually have there. Right, right. So, yes,
0: we are celebrating our 60th anniversary this year. Uh, We actually opened our doors to campers for the very first time at Lake Joe on August 17, 1961. And uh, I-, I can only imagine what that must have been like as a camper to, uh, you know, be at Canada's first and still to this day only um, fully accessible uh, program specifically for people who are impacted by sight loss. You know, to realize for the first time that you're not the only person with sight loss, because uh, be able to experience programs that are designed specifically, you know, to meet your not just your needs but your your goals and your dreams. Um, it to be supported by people who really understand what that means. Um, we are located in uh, Muskoka, Ontario, which is a couple hours north of Toronto. Uh, we like to uh, refer to it as a piece of paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have a uh, 12-acre property, and the, I think sort of a the to raise this off uh, is our lakefront. So we have a long, sandy shoreline um, on Lake Joseph, and it's uh, shallow, it's sandy, it's really unique for the area, <laughs> um, and it is the place that most people, um, you know, tend to, to rave about, you know, the opportunity for the first time ever to water speed or go tubing or learn how to sail, um, you know, to swim, um, you know, to do all of these things independently without feeling, uh, you know, like pushed, like to really be um, challenged in a supportive uh, way. But of course, if you're not an athletic person, if you're there for rest and relaxation, we have that too. Uh, you know, beautiful cabins. Um, you know the whole lakefront is full of Muskoka chairs that people can take the sun, read, socialize, a campfire, campfire, uh, sing alongs, and uh, you know play the guitar, have some s'mores. Like there's there's something for everyone at Lake Joe.
1: And I like the uh, screen porches at night. You know it keeps the bugs away, uh, but you can still uh, enjoy the cooler air and. Uh, and uh, as long as it's not too late or too noisy to keep everybody awake, you can sit out there all night if you want to.
0: Yes, we hear a lot about the porch parties. Um, that's <laughs> certainly a plus, too. And, and yes, um, Paradise always has its little things. There are, there are bugs at certain times of the year. Um, we also have a, a new uh, newly renovated rec hall. Uh, at Lake Show that has a really large, fully screened-in uh, patio area now. So there's couches and, I think, a pottery kiln and a huge, like, you can walk on it. just Wow. Board, um, that people can place so lots of additional areas where people can enjoy the outdoors indoors. Uh, you know, when, when there are those rainy days, there's a, a bug, there's a little bit uh uh, of a, a force of nature, uh, there's still, uh, you know, lots of ways to enjoy the beauty of Lake
1: dope. And speaking of uh, renovations, the uh, place has gone undergone quite a change over the uh, uh, 60 years, hasn't it? Oh, it sure
0: has. Uh, you know, the cabins have been fully renovated, uh, you know, new beds. For me, I, I haven't been around for 60 years, but what I really appreciate about Lake Joe is that most of the, actually, all of the guest rooms, um, I believe maybe with a few exceptions, have on-suite bathrooms. So there's 3 piece baths, uh, hot running water. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of a glamping uh, component to uh, your stay at Lake Joe now. But, yeah, brand-new uh, rec center. There's a brand-new uh, – huge, beautiful boathouse, a new multi-sport court, the shuffleboard court has been repurposed. Ah. Um, And we've got some new things uh, that we're going to be revealing uh, in the next few months.
1: Oh, really? That sounds exciting.
0: Do you want the sneak peek?
1: Oh, I do. Thank you. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so we have a brand new Adventure Zone um, at CNIB Lake Joe Uh, last here at our Dock to Dock Party with a Purpose uh, fundraising event, donors um, were so generous and uh, donated funds to invest in a brand new uh, climbing tower Ooh. for people who want that yet yeah, challenge, you know, who want to meet like Joe with some bragging rights.
1: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: we also have a whole new suite of accessible activities, so um, big baseball. baseball, a um, uh, uh, freaking golf, uh, water inflatables. You know, we have those huge, sort of like bouncy castles it, in the water. Right. Um, all sorts of really fantastic accessible um, activities. In addition, um, uh, CNID Lake Joe is the first ever Canadian project to be sponsored by the Synthetic Turf Council out of the United States. Um, they have. Uh, Paid for almost all of the the labor and supplies to develop a brand-new soccer pitch on our property. So we will be able to play five-a-side soccer uh, with guests and as well a brand-new accessible mini-golf. Really? Yes. So so while we haven't been able to have people on site um, at camp last year, we have still been really busy on site. Maybe taking advantage of that, you know, unusual break um, in terms of having guests on site to do some really um, important uh, investments uh, and renovations to make camp you know even more
1: fabulous. Uh, you know, for the next sixty years. Super. And uh, do you still get sponsorship from the uh, Lions Clubs? I, I know they did a lot of uh, w- uh, the work in the beginning.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Were it not for the Lions Club, uh, who knows how Lake Joe would have started, if it would have started. In fact, Lake Joe um, originated from some camps. Um, CNIB rented uh, camp space um, from the Lions Clubs in Ancaster. And in the 50s, we ran, like, a summer week program and then increased to a couple summer weeks. And eventually, they were packed solid so seeing that success through the Lions Club facilities, um, we really saw the, the need and the desire uh, for this kind of successful camp, and the Lions um, uh, family in Ontario were fundamental um, in creating that uh, opportunity and, and making it happen. Um, over the past 60 years, uh, the Lions have been huge uh, in supporting so many of the key projects that we do. go. So Lions, in addition to being so generous financially, you know, fundraising uh, to send people, you know, of all ages from, you know, across Canada to camp, um, they have also been essential in a volunteer capacity, um, you know, organizing transportation, uh, running bingo nights on site, um, having cleanup days in the spring and the fall, like there's just that local, uh, you know, roll up your sleeves, uh, we love camp uh, vibe that we get from lions who are, you know, knights of the blind, um, has been, um, you know, essential and extremely um, appreciated throughout these 60 years.
1: Right. Um, and uh, they're still involved.
0: absolutely, absolutely, vitally involved. In fact, we're um, exploring opportunities now to get involved uh, more directly with Lions nationwide. Uh, Being located in uh, central Ontario, a lot of people think of CNIB Lake Joe as an Ontario program mostly for, you know, people in the area, but we are a national program and we are um, reaching, uh, you know, we want to grow the family um, out to Lions Clubs uh, from coast to coast to coast. Right. Uh, you know, if they can imagine people with sight loss in their own local communities and actually imagine, you know, we could get these folks to camp. We could ensure that these people in our community have life-changing Experiences will fundraise to assist with the transportation costs. Will fundraise to assist with the registration costs. Uh, You know, anything is possible. You know, when when we put our minds to it.
1: Yes. Oh, definitely. So people can still get subsidies to uh, uh, go to camp there.
0: Yes. So right now we we are offering a different type of program uh, this summer. Um, We're referring them to as referring to it as our. Holiday week. Um, so normally we would have weekly programs starting, you know, early July going through to September, but year we have three weeks, um, first second and third week in August for holiday weeks. And um, we don't, uh, so we're not offering the same type of camp program. We're actually um, offering CNME, Joe, more as a uh, resort, and I don't mean that in a exclusive, you know, sort of fancy way of the word. Yeah. But basically you can come with your you know, your family, your household, and you've got your room, you've got meal time, and you have access to whatever amenities are on our facility. Um, you can sign up if you want to take the clean route. Um, you can really pick your own adventure. Um, so that's the type of program that we have this year. Um, as always, there are uh, subsidies available for people who do require it. Um, our, our programs are, our, our registration rates already are subsidized by um, generous uh, funders who um, and donors who uh, support CNIB Lake Joe, but for folks who need a little extra assistance, uh, that is uh, always uh, available.
1: Okay. So you. Um, this is the... Uh this show will be aired on the 19th. So, um, you don't have any campers there at the moment. You uh,
0: have about July 19th. Yes. Yes. So right now, the first day campers will be on site is August 2nd.
1: Okay. Um, so right
0: now, there's there's lots of people uh, still at Lake Joe as we have hired our staff site a couple weeks ago, July 5th, and have been working almost around the clock uh, to get the site uh, prepared. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you think about all the canoes and all the picnic tables, everything has to be set up and cleaned and ready. Um, And of course, there's so many things to learn with the climbing tower and all these new facilities. So we have a a strong and mighty team of seasonal staff uh, ready to welcome our guests on August 2nd. And, in fact, that first week is uh, sold out. We Uh do have a waiting list for that first week. The second weeks are filling up quickly. So if anyone listening is interested um, in uh, registering and coming to Lake Joe this summer, we we would encourage you to uh, register as quickly as we can to let us know that you're interested so we can uh, uh, chat. Uh, further and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, get, get back to normal.
1: Uh. And uh, how would they go about registering?
0: Right. So the best way would be to go to our website, which is cnib.ca slash Lake Joe, and that's J-O-E. Um, on that website, on our page, you will see a holiday week uh, section and when you click through there, you'll have all the information, all the pricing, um, all the things that are unique this year um, with this new program, and the links to register, phone numbers to call to talk to our friendly staff. We um, can
1: also, uh, you know, answer really specific questions that people might have. Okay, um, are you? Uh, do you have a COVID nineteen protocol that you're following this year?
0: Absolutely. So, um, in fact, that's what has inspired this particular program model. We will be operating at half capacity, uh, so there will be a maximum of 40 guests, or zero guests, um, on site each week, and people will be coming, as uh, guess, uh, independently. So, most people will be travelling with family members or their household. We used to refer to them as the bubble. Um, And we'll have their own, uh, you know, cabin rooms. Uh, There will be different feeding times for meals. Uh, We will have as much um, alfresco dining as possible. In fact, as much of our programming that we can do outside, that's going to be our preferred Uh, and I think that's what most people want, right? To be in nature, to be um, in the water, um, where people can safely in their cohort be outside unmasked uh, and really enjoy the facilities. When people arrive, um, there is a pre-screening that people will need to do, and I think we're all used to doing that anytime we enter a store or a restaurant now. Um, so just a, a series of questions to ask. When guests do arrive on site, there will be a temperature check and a rapid test uh, done by trained staff. And other than that, uh, sort of just the standard, uh, health safety protocols. People will be required to wear masks when they're uh, indoors or when they're unable to be physically distanced from people outside of their household. Okay. Um, and really, that's it. You know, we're just really careful about washing our hands. Um, we do have increased uh, cleaning and sanitation uh, protocols and policies in place. Um, you know, we're always following the, the most up to date. Uh, health and safety regulations from our local public health unit. Um, so that's, those are the protocols uh, that are in place right now. And, it's, you know, we, we would rather err on the side of caution um, to, to be certain that everybody can enjoy the very best of their show with, uh, with just as little
1: risk as possible. Right. Now, because this is the 60th anniversary year, I know you have some celebrations uh, in store. So uh, what, would, what would that include?
0: Yes, yeah, so we have, uh, when we kicked off the anniversary in April of this year, we were in lockdown. So we have been hosting monthly virtual celebrations, the third Saturday of each month, and they've been a lot of fun. Um, coming up uh, in uh, August, Uh, We will be celebrating in person um, in our holiday weeks, and we are also hosting our annual, uh, you know, Party of the Summer uh, philanthropy event. And this year it's going to be on the water again.
1: So, so that wouldn't necessarily include uh, people who are, are there uh, vacationing at the time.
0: Um, And there's a special website for that, pretty simple, cnid5050.ca.
1: Okay. Yeah. So when is there a particular, let's go back to the poker run for a minute, is there a particular date that this (laughs) is happening? Yes,
0: yes. I get so excited about the details, I I forget the big one. So it is Saturday, August 14th.
1: Okay, so not too far away. And so you- we're
0: about a month away, and um, we just uh, can't wait. There will be a route on uh, Lake Tosas and Rousseau and a separate route on Lake Muskoka. So we're not going to leave anyone you know, in the community out. And, in fact, we welcome people from across Canada um, to join us as well. It's going to be an awesome uh, had another brand new uh, experience for our guests. Right.
1: While raising So, while the the people that are there vacationing, uh, and I mean blind campers, mm-hmm. are they going to have any chance to uh, get involved in that poker run at all?
0: Yes. So, on that particular date. Um, We are actually hosting a special um, uh, viewing party. Uh, AMI, Accessible Media Inc., um, reached out to CNIB Lake Joe in the spring, inviting us to participate with them in uh, developing a 60th anniversary documentary on Lake Joe, on Mm -hmm. CNIB Lake Joe. Um, That will be uh, airing on AMI-tv August 6th. At eight o'clock, and we're going to host a viewing party on August fourteenth, um, so people can uh, watch that together. We can have uh, you know, a moderator, a q and um, I think it'll be an awesome way to celebrate our sixtieth and to have our community, um, you know, actively involved. We will also be tying in elements from the poker run, um, doing some fun activities with the. Uh, gift bags. um, The sponsors of this event are so generous in terms of prizing. So our guests will uh, be involved in that fun stuff as well.
1: Okay. So um, let's go uh, back now to the 50-50 draw. Is there a date that that draw is being made? Yeah, so the fifty fifty draw uh, will
0: be on uh, Monday, August sixteenth.
1: Oh, right after the poker run.
0: Yeah, so we're hoping there'll be lots of excitement over that weekend, and yeah. then on that Monday, you know, we're going to dust ourselves off after a weekend of partying, and we will draw the, the big winner um, for the fifty fifty.
1: All right, that's great. And um, so let's talk about some of the, the websites that uh, just to kind of review so that uh, people can remember where to go to find out about these various activities. Perfect. So
0: there's really the, the main website um, is cnid.ca
1: slash With an E on the end of joe. That's right. Okay. All right. So then if if people, uh, do do people have to register if they want to bring their boats up and take part in this poker run? Is there another spot they have to go? There is. Uh, So there's a link from the
0: main site, but the event website is cnib.ca slash docs to docs. Okay. And that's DOCKTODOCK. All right. Uh, so that's just the event information, all the details about that fun poker run on August 14th. Okay. And if people are interested in purchasing uh, the 5050 ticket, mm-hmm. that final website is CNIB5050.ca.
1: All right. Okay. Is there anything that we've missed along the way?
0: If there is, I don't know what it would be. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: we've,
0: we've talked about the past, the present, the future. Um, I, would, uh, I would really encourage people to, to visit our website. I mean, maybe the one thing I'd like to add is while we're piloting this uh, holiday week model, Continuing with our virtual programming, which we launched in May of last year. okay. Yeah, so um, there's a brand new um, curriculum uh, of summer programs. We had some, uh, you know, beginner French classes, uh, bingo nights, um, some programs specifically for children, camp in a box
1: programs.
0: Oh. So successful and so popular last year. Um, So these programs, these virtual programs will likely be a forever part of our programming. Mm -hmm. Um, So in addition to the holiday weeks, if people maybe aren't ready to travel just yet or are really waiting to come back when it's more like it used to be, uh, they can still stay connected and you know, have these learning opportunities, opportunities to connect with their friends. You know, have the laughs on our CNIB Lake Joe at Home virtual program.
1: Okay, and how do people register for that?
0: So again, our main website cnib.ca/ lake joe. Um, there's a there's all these big yellow sections. I think it's the second section on the website is our CNIB Lake Joe at Home uh, program listing. And so it has all the time, the dates, session descriptions, and links to register for the specific program.
1: All right, that sounds terrific. And uh, has that already started, or is that something that's happening in August?
0: You no, know, these programs, again, started in May of
1: 2020.
0: Okay. Uh, they got super busy last year over the summer. Um, in the fall and winter, they were really just the, the fan favorite you know, just a, a few of our most popular virtual programs, but this summer, like right now, we've already started to build again. Um, you know, even traveling, uh, you know, interprovincial travel right now is, is challenging. So we know that it's, it's more difficult even to get to our holiday weeks for a lot of folks, so we want to ensure that there's still camp. Yeah. Um, so, so, yes, uh, that's happening right
1: now right you know this week next week the week after all through the year yeah can participate in those programs too all right that's terrific well thanks so much sherry for uh, uh filling us in on what's happening and uh there's no reason not to participate uh regardless of what level you choose for yourself
0: That's absolutely right, and you know what, just to add, the the virtual program, there is no fee, there's no registration cost, so um, there's no, you know, transportation barriers or financial barriers to those, and I just wanted to to mention as well that people who uh, don't think of themselves as technical, uh, might not have a computer, might not have the internet, they can still participate in these virtual programs. We actually call people on their landlines, and they join our virtual programs um, by audio. Oh. Yeah, so I really don't, I want people to know that they're not exclusive just to people with computers and technology. Um, they're really open to anyone. So, really
1: think about that. Yeah, terrific. So, there's no reason not to participate and, and to have some summer activities. You got it. Yeah.
0: God, it would be welcome, everywhere.
1: Okay, well, that should be fun, and thanks so much for uh, coming on and uh, giving giving us all that information.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Devin. I look forward, hopefully, to seeing you at camp someday
1: soon. Well, you never know. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed,
1: right? Yes. Yeah. In the meantime, happy sixtieth uh, anniversary.
0: Thank you so
1: much. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. And that'll do it for this week. Except for a reminder to you that the show, at least for the summer, will be repeated on Friday at noon. So if you missed anything in the first errand, you'll be able to catch it on Friday at noon. Thanks so much for listening, and have a good week, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now.